I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. In terms of what we're trying to do, it's very simple in terms of just looking after people's welfare in rural communities of Ukraine and giving them the opportunity so they can recover and get back on their feet and start growing crops and living their lives like we do on a daily basis. G'day and welcome to the Farms Vice podcast with your host, Jack Creswell. Whether you farm it, service it or just love it, this podcast is for you. We'll bring you the techniques and technologies you can implement into your day straight from the leaders and innovators themselves. Spread the farm's advice so that we can reach more farmers right across Australia. Follow us on all of your socials at Farms Advice and let's get into this episode. A very special episode on today indeed. Working back with the GPA series, we're looking at Aussie Grain for Ukraine, the cause set up by the subcommittee there at Grain Producers Australia, and how it's helping improve the lives, the communities of farmers around Ukraine, as Ukrainian farmers have been determined through facing huge adversity um, and working amid the invasion by Russia, um, and how Australian farmers are actually helping those communities get back up up onto their feet and how that can play a huge role and it's pretty pretty good cause in my eyes um, but let's have a listen to this episode and the team from GPA let's get into it well welcome back to the Farms Vice podcast back onto the GPA series Grain Producers Australia all organized by Colin there's Bettles getting in the great panels that we have already the panels before and touching on some pretty important topics throughout the industry for Australia uh, for Grain Producers G'day team. We've got Simon, David and Colin on today's call. How are you going today? Yeah, good. Thanks, Jack. Thanks for having us. Now, it's not always the easiest one to navigate a panel of people coming on. So let's all take our turn to have a bit of a yarn on here. But we've got a pretty special episode for today. Simon, do you want to hit us off and tell us what we're going to be talking about and how that's impacting grain producers within Australia, but also worldwide? Yeah, g'day, Jack. Um, 
Yeah, so um, earlier in the year, uh, through the uh, power of social media, the discussion started around what was happening in Ukraine in terms of the invasion of Ukraine and um, the concern of the Australian farming community on um, how that was affecting farmers in Ukraine and, and agriculture over there. Um, there are farmers in Australia that have been to Ukraine, have quite strong linkages and friends over there. So a few of us linked up through the social media and Grain Producers Australia um, and got our heads together and discussed the idea, the concept of um, creating some sort of fund from donated grain so we could then support um, some sort of rebuilding effort um, in rural and agriculture areas of Ukraine um, that have been decimated by this invasion of, from Russia. Good stuff and like a worthy cause going in. What was your sort of heartstring, I suppose, for yourself, Simon? Um, why did you want to get be a part of it? Um, yeah, I mean, I've been aware of the power of agriculture in the Black Sea region and Ukraine specifically, and obviously they're uh, potentially a large competitor of Australia and large food producers worldwide. So um, that was always sparked my interest in Ukraine, but uh, then to see the images coming through that was um, affecting specific communities and farmers and farmers towing tanks around the, the landscape and things like that really... I tugged in my heartstrings a bit and realised that uh, how important they were globally as food producers. So um, both at the community level and, and, and a larger picture, I think it'd uh, be really good to help them out. Yeah, absolutely. And David, for your position within the role of this subcommittee, moving it forward, how did you see it sort of taking place and establishing itself? Uh, yeah, thanks, Jack. So um, I guess... Um, uh, we're all fellow grain growers on, on the committee here. Um, um, Simon, myself and Brad all, uh, are all growing grain in Western Australia. So um, I guess we just, we, we feel for, the, for our fellow farmers, um, you know, around the world at various times, whether it's droughts or floods or, or some, some other um, interruption to their lives and to their businesses. And I, I guess this is just an absolute extreme example of, uh, of that, um, look, I've I've been very fortunate to travel to Ukraine on um, quite a number of occasions. The first time was in 2006, so I've sort of gained an understanding about the the area. And I guess historically, Ukraine has had a num number of um, um, challenges through through history. And um, more recently, um, we saw. Um, what they call Maiden, which was basically a fight for independence um, that shut down Kiev for almost a year, I think it was. Um, and then obviously the, uh, the Crimea situation and then more recently what's happened um, with the direct invasion of Russia. So I've sort of really felt for the people that are trying to produce grain, run businesses, produce food for the world in that area. Um, and, um, you know, over the course of visiting, I've seen technology be implemented and, um, you know, more advanced production methods be implemented, but um, there's always, you know, some, some other uh, issue that seems to hold them up and stop them reaching their full potential. So I guess, yeah, really 
just feeling for them and um, our, our real focus is a humanitarian focus. We just want to be able to help the people that have been directly affected. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just from a human level, um, the impact that's been seen um, pretty detrimental over there and also on the back end of that, that impacts the farmers within Ukraine as well and how they're sort of prospering towards or trying to improve their own sort of scenario as it goes on. So you've actually named the campaign Aussie Grain for Ukraine. A great statement there for Aussies. I think Aussies are always back to the bone, supporting each other. And um, whether we're competitors, as you said before, Simon, Ukraine's known to grow some pretty good commodities over there, um, both for European markets, but also for the worldwide markets. I think they're pretty good at their sunflower, canola, um, and their wheat over there, aren't they? Yeah, I think they grow a fair range of crops and, and Dave can probably give more detail given that he's been there, but they've got extremely fertile soil and as a proportion of their area, they've got a large arable area. I think it's over 80% or something like that. So agriculture is their driving force in their economy um, and really important for the well-being of their population and, of course, uh, feeding the world, particularly uh, through Africa, I believe. So um, this disruption to the, um, the flow of food from Ukraine is a major global issue, and we've seen that in, in Australia in terms of grain prices and things like that. So, Yeah, 100%. It's not an isolated issue at all. But for yourself, Simon, do you just want to touch on the charities that are involved with Grains for Ukraine um, and how that works out and where this will actually be going? Yeah, so our subcommittee um, has considered carefully um, how any funds that we raise um, are allocated so we get the most efficient and best use of those funds. And as we mentioned specifically, we're targeting humanitarian support. So really um, trying to help farming and rural communities <clears throat> primarily get back up on their feet um, so that they're... Um, in a much healthier situation than they are now, I guess. So um, we've, we've considered um, different charities and we've decided um, on four that we should target at this stage, and that's the United Nations uh, Humanitarian Fund, World Visions Ukraine's Appeal, um, another fund called the World to Rebuild Ukraine, a Rural Ukraine Program, and Oxfam International. So... Um, it, obviously how we split the funds to those organisations will depend on how much we accumulate and things like that. Beautiful and good to see the like a range of it going there and probably that diversity within the farmers across there in Ukraine. But Colin, do you just want to chime in here and say a little bit about why GPA started this initiative, um, led, led from the members here from Simon, Brad, David, and how that's actually carrying out from the overarching appeal? Yeah, I would love to. I mean, firstly, GPA's role has been um, supporting what um, the growers are doing, as always, and coordinating and facilitating um, the processes that are going to go on behind the scenes. So really, the James Stacey, uh, who um, raised the issue, I think, initially on social media and started the conversation with Simon engaged in um, and the others, uh, he reached out and raised the idea. And I just thought, well, the first thing to do to get a project up and running is get people who want to get involved um, into a meeting and see who wants to do a couple of jobs 
and there was certainly some willing workers there. We've got um, Andrew Whitelaw from Jack. Where's he from again now? From episode three. Now episode now. three. Yep, which is not a skateboard shop in uh, Bondi. It's a, it's an agricultural marketing um, organisation with a futuristic view. But um, so then we set up um, a number of things initially. We, we obviously had a few conversations and a basic plan of how we wanted to go about it. But I think basic principles were we wanted to keep it pretty simple and the charities that Simon um, has outlined there uh, reflect that to maximise the value of the donations. But um, initially there was a, we took some advice from um, some former ADF people who were involved in Operation Grain Harvest Assist, uh, who went and worked on farm and um, being ex-military, they had some good advice for us and that was led by Fergus McLaughlin AO and Andrew Condon. So they sort of told us that it was okay to uh, collect the funds and then put that into long-term recovery efforts. It was pretty clear we wanted to help rural people and farmers and communities who'd been affected by this war and the atrocities that were going on. So it was a question mark of can we get immediate support in there or is it better to put it into a long-term uh, recovery program? And, and Fergus's advice was that that's the, the right way to go about it and that's a good way to go about it. But also he said they also want moral support. They want to know that Australian farmers are out there or the Australian community is behind them. And so we very much played that role, I think, getting the messages out on social media and in the media with people like yourself, Jack, who are able to share the message and getting the word out amongst the farmers and the second leg of the campaign or the, the project has been now to announce those charities that we're going to put the money towards. Um, but GPA's role also was to set up in the NGR system, the National Grower Register, a grower delivery card that's been registered to GPA and without sounding too much like an advertisement, that that the NGR number is 1500-442, and it's registered to GPA. That's 1500-442. Uh, so when uh, we're asking growers to donate grain this harvest, we think every tonne can make a difference. Even if it's one tonne, it'll make a difference to our overall cause. So when you turn up at the grain silo, that's what we want growers to do is to... Um, you know, show some empathy and care for their fellow um, farmers and people on the other side of the world who are experiencing this horrific situation that we can only imagine. Bit of a voluntary levy there for that. We'll put that number in there, 1500 into the show notes so anyone who wants to keep up to date and actually utilise this um, and give to the Ukrainian farming community. I think that's a pretty powerful spot. So it's quite simple breaking it down. You just do what you do and uh, register a ton or whatever you're willing to give um, towards the cause. Is that how it's working? Well, I think what David Forward's hoping, Jack, is that you yourself will make a personal commitment here yep. for at least one ton. Um, look, it's yeah, it is voluntary, um, and we would like to see people um, donate a ton. We've had um, Simon Steed, the chair of CBH, for example, he's said that he'll personally commit a ton. And is an opportunity to show some leadership here and, and obviously um, to support the people in the Ukraine who are going through this awful situation. So, uh, Jack, have we got a commitment? We've got a commitment. I'll get it done. <laughs> There's one. There's at least <laughs> one ton, guys. Well done. Bit of peer pressure there. Yeah. Yeah, let's scoot away from Colin and his peer pressure. David, you've actually had the chance to go over into Ukraine, um, probably seeing what's happening on the ground. Is that that's recently, isn't it, or no? Um, 
Yeah, Jack, look, I've been really fortunate to travel to Ukraine a number of times um, uh, over the years, but I haven't been very recently. So I haven't been since since the Russian yep. um, invasion. Um, sorry, I might have to do that again, that audio there. Um, I haven't been recently, Jack, but um, uh, we did have a, a chat to the Ukrainian ambassador during the week and uh, um, he encouraged us to visit to visit or to revisit Ukraine as soon as we could because, um, you know, the, the world needs to get back behind Ukraine and um, it is an amazing experience to, to travel through that part of the world and to see the production potential there and, um, and no doubt to see um, how the recovery process un unrolls will be, be fantastic to see where um, contributions from people like this, where the funds end up and, and um, the difference that we can make, even though we're such a, a long distance away. And, um, but, that, you know, there's people like us running their own businesses that, that need help to recover. Yeah, I think it's pretty phenomenal effort when really you could just carry on with your own harvest, um, doing your own things. We know we're flat out as farmers, but to help other farmers is pretty special as well. What did the actual Ukrainian rep, what did he say? What's happening in the ground going on in Ukraine? sort of dropped out of the media, especially Ukrainian farmers, I suppose. I haven't seen too much of it. What's happening over there and how's their supply chain going? Yeah, look, um, I, I think um, there's, a, there's a huge amount of interruption. I know there's a huge amount of interruption. Um, I've been talking to a farmer friend over there in the last few days. And um, although the grain is starting to trickle out, um, they're hugely interrupted. Um, they're hugely discounted on price, and you know, and it's a huge risk to send grain off to a to a port that you don't know what, what's going to happen to it, when it's going to actually get out of there, when it's going to be loaded on a ship, and if the ship's ship's going to successfully sail. So, yeah, there's a there's a whole new level of of risk involved from a farmer's point of view over there. Um, you know, like us, they're looking at huge input costs for the coming season. So. Um, with reduced cash flow from this harvest, um, it's it's a it's a big long recovery process ahead. Um, you know, funding crops, funding inputs for crops ongoing is going to be a big challenge. So, um, I guess our feeling is that it's going to be a long term interruption. It's not not something that's going to solve itself overnight. Um, yeah, so that that's probably probably the latest from a farmer's point of view over there. It's probably going to be a bit of a ripple effect in terms of getting back on their feet. It's going to be a little reduced each year, each season as it comes for all those farmers out there and how they deal with the damages, I suppose, out in the paddock. I've seen some pretty horrific um, images coming across Twitter that you shouldn't really have to deal with during harvest season um, for that. But what sort of damages have been done to the supply chain and what ways um, are these funds going to be going towards throughout these charities. Simon, do you want to touch on that if you're working with the charities? Yeah, so um, obviously our, our focus is humanitarian. So um, so the priority there is to really um, look after the communities and the farmers to provide them the basics so that they're fed and watered and have shelter and things like that. Um, the supply chain, as Dave described, has been impacted majorly. And I believe that... Um, their, their grain handling systems in turmoil and, you know, they've lost access to ports and things like that. So they're only moving a small proportion of what they normally produce. So 
that's very much a longer term challenge and obviously we will hope that um, Ukraine can reclaim access to its facilities so it can get back up on its feet as soon as possible. But in terms of what we're trying to do, it's very simple in terms of just looking after people's welfare in rural communities of Ukraine and giving them the opportunity so they can recover and get back on their feet and start growing crops and living their lives like we do on a daily basis. Before we get back into the episode, let's listen to Colin Bettles and why collaboration with Farms Fast and GPA is so important for Australian grain producers out there. I'm Colin Bettles. I'm the Chief Executive of Grain Producers Australia and we're pleased to be working and partnering with Jack Creswell and the Farms Advice podcast. Grain Producers Australia represents Australian grain farmers and we work to deliver a more profitable and sustainable industry and getting the message out about what we actually do for growers through the Farms Advice podcast we think is a great way, probably mostly because Jack himself is also a farmer and he's speaking to other farmers with what he's doing with Farms Advice podcast. We think it's a great initiative, so whether you're sitting back in your header or if you're driving in the car from, from one town to another, and you're listening to the Farms Advice podcast, and you like the work that GPA does, then feel free to get in and support us and support Jack, and together we can help make our industry stronger and more profitable and sustainable. Thank you. And back into the episode. For myself to know where my peer-pressured donation is going to from Colin there, just to know that it's going towards something that's pretty powerful, the three necessities, water, shelter, and food, um, giving back humanitarianly to these communities so they can get back up on their feet, not worry about those basics that we don't have to too much here in Australia at the moment. Um, that's what the cause is for, just for anyone knowing where their funds are going from their grain. Yep. And I think when Australian farmers are generally in trouble, that the the public comes to our rescue quite often. There's always an outpouring of public sympathy and support as well. So it's an opportunity to give back, you know, when and people have been experiencing floods and there's a lot of rain around. And the cost of this year's crop we know are high because of the conflict as well, Jack, in terms of the inputs that's had a flow-on effect as well. So while the grain prices were high and... um, um, at the start, when we set this up, really the Australian public was looking at our industry and sort of there was a perception that we would get these huge grain prices because of the war, but it was an overly simplistic view of what was actually going on. So and I think part of this was just to really put that humanitarian angle out there and just say, look, outside of all of that, outside of the cost, that there's an opportunity here to, to give back and to uh, demonstrate that you know farmers appreciate it when they get the public support there's an opportunity to give that back as well this time around. Yeah, I think so. And when you look at it, it doesn't really seem like our closest ally to be supporting in that, but I think those barriers break down pretty quick as we're, as we're farmers and we're all doing the same thing, working towards the same goals. They've probably got their own $100 billion goal as Ukraine, and that's just been blasted to smithereens um, for what they're trying to work to as well. Yeah, some of that strategic infrastructure around their grains industry, we're well aware that's going to take them a long time to rebuild. So in terms of their impact on on the market, it's going to be very slow to recover. But the amazing thing that we've seen is the resilience of the Ukrainian people. And I think that's something we've we've really got an insight and it's a shame that it's taken a war to bring that to the surface. Um, But people like David have been over there and they've experienced 
the people and the culture firsthand. But we've really seen that character come through. And I think Australians have gained a, another level of appreciation for the Ukraine people. And in fact, where I live in Sydney, my, my neighbours are Ukrainian as well. And, um, you know, they uh, one of the um, the adults that lives there, you know, still has a son back there and is yeah. involved in the war. So it's quite close to home to me as well. Um, and that to know that we're doing something in some small way to make a difference, to help them with that recovery effort. And also that message of moral support right now, I think it's really powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Is there a way for others out there that don't produce grain, they don't have any grain in their silos, uh, they may be in the city or something, that they can support this cause, Aussie Grain for Ukraine? Um, well, they can donate to these charities directly. Yep. I think by proxy, that would be achieving the same thing. Yep. Um, they can always become members of GPA and they could stop supporting Geelong and support the Sydney Swans, I think would be a really wise move. Yeah, we won't be talking to David too much after this one. He's just waving down a skier, I see. He's probably got the board on under him. Uh, there's always ways you can find support and to help others if you want to, Jack, and, and show a bit of leadership in that way. Yeah, I think so. And it goes to GPA and the members there actually driving this, this movement towards helping out Ukraine. Um, and it actually improves our relationships. Nothing wrong with improving relationships, especially as farmers. Um, either domestically or internationally. Yeah, well, it takes your mind off yourself when you're thinking about someone else and helping them out as well. Um, and, uh, you know, we've got a great team here. We've had this fantastic subcommittee that's been working together and we don't know how long the war is going to go on for and the conflict over there. So, you know, this is uh, we've set this up for harvest. Who knows what happens beyond harvest? The problem doesn't go away after harvest, but... Um, you know, we've got this in place now if people want to do it. And other people have, um, you know, the Ukraine village, we did speak to um, people around that uh, where they were trying to build infrastructure straight away to house people who'd been um, dislocated due to the war. Um, and we know there's other people who's trying to set up charities where people can donate directly to that as well. Absolutely. So We'll wrap it up there into Aussie Grain for Ukraine. Simon, David and Colin, thank you very much for coming on to FarmSwise Podcast and also the GPA series. Great to be supported, um, farmers supporting farmers and it's just really ringing through with this campaign. I think it's pretty amazing to see how far and how much it's actually grown, especially when I saw the first sort of social media post about it. I was wondering what it was and what it was going to be doing, but it's great to get an excellent explanation on it. Thanks for the opportunity. Thanks a lot, Jack. Yeah, thanks, for, thanks for having us, Jack. Just quickly, for the WA um, grain producers, uh, to make a donation is very simple. It's just a matter of logging into LoadNet, which is where we allocate all of our grain typically that's delivered to CBH. So just jump onto LoadNet and um, donate directly to, um, uh, to the cause on LoadNet by transferring some tons across. Briefly put, and how long are we expecting? When's the harvest going to kick off for you guys? Um, harvesting WA has started. There's been canola delivered in um, the north part of the grain growing area, and um, yeah, it'll progressively crank crank up over uh, over the next, you know, end towards the end of October, early early November. I think most of the state will be right into it during the first part of November. Beautiful. And I think it might be a Christmas harvest around where we are. Getting quite wet. We need to dry out. Yeah, I hope it goes well for you there, Jack. And Mother Nature, you know, eases off a bit. She hasn't been too kind so far. But 
you got some plenty of crop in the paddock? No, we won't say no to it, but we'll certainly we'll move on and see how the outlook looks for it. But thank you very much for coming on to today's episode. I'm sure we'll hear more about this campaign further down the track. Thanks. Thanks, Jack. Thank you for tuning in to the Farms Advice podcast. It is produced by Advert Your Eyes Digital, the agribusiness marketing specialist. Go to farmsadvice.com.au for more information on this episode and the others before and spread the farm's advice. If you love this episode, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe as it helps other farmers find us too. But until then, next Tuesday, keep on farming. In the spirit of reconciliation, the Farms Advice podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of country for Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.